Welcome to Electric City Collective Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hey friends, your hosts today are Grace, Ben, and Joey. Welcome to episode four, God-Centered Worship. Hey guys, we got Joey and Ben here. This is episode four, God-Centered Worship. It is our second core value. I know Joey and Ben from school. We do worship together through BCM, through ECC, and campus worship. I'm Ben. I am a worship leadership major. I'm a junior. I'm from Anderson. So I am a part of BCM, and I'm also on chapel band team, and I also do some tech, so I know Grace through working working in tech as well. But how I came involved with ECC was really just through Matthew. I was I was friends a little bit with Matthew before, but I became better friends with Joey and, and another friend we had named Kaysen. They were friends with Matthew, and so I automatically got closer to Matthew, and Matthew just had a huge heart for stuff like this and, and for worship and just for sharing the gospel. So we got closer, and we became closer friends, and he had this idea, and he was like, hey, hey do you want to be a part of this? And I was like, sure. Sounds awesome. So. Pretty, pretty simple of how I got involved, but it's super exciting. I love what we've done so far and what we're going to do and what God's going to do through this. My name is Joey. I am a junior at AU, and I'm from originally from Somerton, South Carolina, which is about three hours away from Anderson. And I am a choral music ed major. So, you know, a little different from all these Christian studies and worship majors you've been hearing from. But even though my major's a little different. I still have a huge heart for worship and feel like it's a big part of my calling on my life and a big reason why God has gifted me musically. So I am involved with BCM. I help lead worship. I am the worship and music director at a local church, First Baptist Church of Honeypath. And so I have more recently moved to Anderson and was good friends with Matthew and Ben mentioned our friend Case and we had already all been talking for quite a while about how we just felt a burden to write music for the church and use our gifts in a new way than just leading worship on Sunday mornings. We knew that God wanted to do more through us. So about the time that we, you know, we started talking about that, Matthew comes to me and mentions this idea of Electric City Collective and how his vision for just helping the church and helping God's people draw closer to him and reviving hearts and uh, rekindling spirits. And his vision and his ideas for this ministry, it just sounded very familiar to me and from what I had been hearing from God about using my gifts musically to help further the kingdom and to Build up the church. So, of course, I was super excited when Matthew came to me and talked to me about ECC. And it's been awesome to see how God's worked this far and to see what he's already working out to do in the future. It's, it's been really exciting. Our core value of God-centered worship is that we value worship that is centered around praising God and his character. So with this in mind, what does that mean to you guys? When we came up with these core principles, we had some really deep theological discussions, and they, they were just all centered around Scripture. And one thing we noticed in our culture today and in modern Christian culture is that so much quote-unquote worship in churches today is really centered around our personal experience and our personal feelings about God. And it's, it just does a disservice to people when God is not the object of our worship because they're not worshiping God. They're worshiping what they feel like they can get from God. And it's also taking glory away from God 
when we try to worship things other than Him. And, you know, sometimes that can be clearer than others. Sometimes it can be obvious and sometimes it can be hidden. So it's really important that we are intentional about God-centered worship. And one big theological principle that we all just centered around and really thought important for this ministry is to remember that God is both the object and the subject of our worship. So we are worshiping God, and we are singing to God, and we are singing about God. That's that's really like that big umbrella that all of our all we do in the worship ministry through ECC is that we are both worshiping God, we are singing to Him, and we are singing about Him. He is the subject and the object of our worship. Speaking on just the God-centeredness of worship, something that I've come to realize in, in doing this and like leading worship and just doing this in general is that God has a God-centeredness of Himself type thing, which is not, you know, if, if we said that about anything else, it would sound selfish. But but in this way, it is, it is perfect because there is literally no other, the glory cannot go to any other place. So if God has this God-centeredness of Himself and He is righteous and holy and there's literally nowhere else for glory to go to, then obviously as we as worshipers, of God should have that God-centeredness and worship ourselves. It really, you know, it just makes sense. God, like, initiates the worship. We don't do anything. God God initiates, and we we just jump into His presence, and we we say, God, we're here to worship you, and, you know, just that God-centeredness of our worship, and we, you know, not getting anything out of it, us giving everything, and not, not like, lifting up and empty, you know, something we talked about was lifting up like empty praises and empty uh, hallelujahs, that being something that we don't want to do is lifting up empty praises because God can reject our worship. It's not true. So having that God-centeredness of worship is very important. Yeah, I I think it's important to notice that anything that we do, any song that we offer before the throne of God is in response of who He already is. This idea of us coming before God's throne is only because He allows us to and makes it possible for us to. And we were created for God's glory. Our worship is for the glory of God. Naturally, when we are in God's presence and we, when we are being who we were created to be, which is worshipers of God, naturally we receive blessing from that. But that the blessing should never be the point of our worship. We should never look at a worship service or any worship opportunity as what we can get out of it. And again, naturally, being just being in the presence of God does so much for the Spirit. It's so humbling, but that should never be our reason for worship. Our reason for worship is that there is this great God who is holy and perfect and is so worthy of glory, who has given us salvation and who loves us. And just who He is demands a response from us. Even if God didn't command us to worship in the Bible, which He did, but even if He didn't command us to just who he is and his character demands a response from us. And we, as imperfect humans who are flawed, we just come at a point of surrender and acknowledgement that, God, you are great. You deserve glory. And nothing we can do could ever amount to that glory, but here we are anyways, pouring out our hearts to you. What is his character like to you, and how do you even show like the slightest glimpse of it to everyone kind of like worshiping in the room with you? We know that there are several different avenues in which God has provided us a way to worship Him. Private worship. In our quiet time, we we have opportunities where we can have more intimate times of worship with friends, family, and in different settings besides a Sunday morning. But also, in the Bible, it's very obvious how important corporate worship is, and that is the worship with our fellow believers and our brothers and sisters in Christ. 
And it's so interesting to be in a worship service. And I would even encourage you next time you go to church to look around you to see what's happening. Such a blessing to see see others worshiping God for who he has been to them. You know, our God, he is so multifaceted. God is so much bigger than what our minds conceive him to be, that when we worship together as a body and we get to look around at the congregation and then see the character of God being manifested in the lives of others in so many different ways, it's such an amazing experience to see God who has been a healer for man and the church who has just received a good diagnosis from previously having cancer and seeing God be a comforter for a widow who's just lost her husband and seeing God be a firm foundation for someone who has just gotten over drug addiction. Like seeing these people worship the Father for who he is in so many different ways. I think that is such a great thing that happens during corporate worship. And also, it's us collectively singing together to the same God. You know, this is the same God that all these people are singing to. And yes, he has made himself known differently to so many different people, but he is still the same God. And just being able to look around and see the character of God through the testimony of others is so special. It's super cool. Talking about corporate worship and just going to church and just and just looking around and, and, and seeing all this happen through different people's lives. In corporate worship, it's easy to, well, also private worship too, but it's, it's easy just to say, God, you're good. That's, you know, and that's, and, 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 you know, sometimes that's all we have to say, you know, and that sometimes we can't say anything else except, God, you're so good. But sometimes it's also great to say, here's why you're good. You know, your, your character is that you never break your promises. Your character is that you do this. And that can follow the, you know, whatever the pastor's talking about in scripture, whatever the sermon's about, whatever the order of worship is. But you can worship and, and, and talk about the promises of God or that he never fails and that he restored Israel. And, that, and you know, he's, he's proven all these things to us. So let's worship him because of this and this and this. I think that's also important in worship too remind ourselves of that and to worship God together in that because that kind of expands our worship and expands the way we worship. As an example, promises. You're the God that never breaks your promises and you're the God that stays faithful. Here's why we worship you because of this, because of what you've done, because of how you've, you know, shown yourself to us in scripture. Have you shown yourself to us, you know, like Joe was talking about through personal experience and, and just in our lives in general, God. Go a lot of times that we get kind of caught up in like worship is just singing or worship is just lifting your hands up, but also like me knowing as like someone who does camera stuff and behind the scenes, like our form of worship is like holding a camera. Our worship is like laying in the floor because this hap- this personal spiritual experience happens. How do you kind of worship outside of just like singing on the stage? Like how do you do that personally? There's a lot of things, a lot of avenues that God has provided us with for ways to worship him, and we don't take advantage of them. Or we allow the world to claim those avenues for itself rather than saying, hey, this is an avenue which I can worship the Father. Art is a big one of those. And being students of the South Carolina School of the Arts, we encounter so many incredible artists in so many different ways on a daily basis. Seeing someone paint a picture that portrays beauty of God is an act of worship. Composing music that doesn't even have to have words. It, it can be instrumental and it can portray the character of God. God makes himself known in so many different ways throughout creation. For me personally, I grew up trained as a classical pianist, and I love classical piano. I don't get to to play classical piano much, you know, at church or on stage. That's not necessarily the environment for where I use that gift, but I can sit at a piano by myself and just play and 
meditate on God's presence while I play. Just acknowledge Him for giving me that gift. I have to do that often because I'm human and I can get prideful about the gifts that God has given me. I have to be intentional and make an effort to look at the gifts that God has given me and praise Him because they're His gifts and they're His talents that He's allowed me to use for His glory. So I I went to Croatia this summer with crew and I went there for five weeks. While I was there, you know, we didn't, obviously I couldn't take a bunch of like instruments or whatever. I wasn't leading on Sundays, you know, I wasn't doing my normal thing. I was, I was there and it wasn't like normal life here and where I'm, you know, leading on Sundays and doing BCM or or Wednesday night church or whatever it is. So it kind of put me in a spot where I was like, this is not normal. So I had to figure out ways that I could, I could worship God because I don't have a guitar with me. I don't have the, you know, I'm not leading necessarily worship all the time, but something that I figured out while I was there is that like when I would have conversations with like the Croatians that were there or just the people that were on our team, just like hearing their stories, you know, if they had a story like like a testimony or something, but just after hearing that and just like talking to them after, you know, three hour conversation, there would just be this sense of just like, wow, God, you've done so much and, and you have done so many things I can never imagine. And, you know, you just get almost emotional after having this long conversation with this, you know, European you've never met and they're, you know, they, they just given their life to the Lord or whatever. So just like after those conversations, Conversations, just like worshiping God, um, just like walking down the street and just like, God, you you have done so much in, in, in my life and their lives. And it's constantly opening my eyes to so many different forms of worship. And it's, and it's also a goal. It's just a, how can I worship in this situation or how can I worship in this? And, you know, how can I worship in my day to day life when I'm just walking to class or when I'm doing whatever, you know? Um, so that is, that is a goal. But something I did learn was after those conversations, I worship God and just think you have shown yourself to them. You've shown yourself to me. God, God you're so God, you're so good. And you are who you say you are. So, I know that like a lot of campers are always like, oh my gosh, like your pictures are so good or oh my gosh, like your voice is amazing or you can play this instrument amazingly. And they're like, oh my gosh, sign my t-shirt, take a picture with me. Like, I want to talk to you. Like they put you so much on this pedestal. How do you not let that go to your head one and then like show them like that you're human and that like you mess up too. Like, how can you show that? Two main things that I try to do is one, be vulnerable and to be approachable. And I know that in our culture and in our society that placing people on pedestals is something that happens even when it's not intended. And especially in the college culture and we see someone who God is gifted in a certain way and we place them on some kind of pedestal in our own minds even though their intentions may not be that. I try to combat that. Being vulnerable about my life, who I am. You can ask any of my friends. I don't have secrets. I mean, I'm pretty open about everything. You ask me a question, I'm going to answer you straight up. I tend to sometimes too brutally honest, and I'm working on gentleness. I think a good place to start is your testimony. Being open about who God has been to you, what he's delivered you from, being honest about the sin that he's delivered you from in your life, and being open about the struggle that it is to be a child of God. You know, this life isn't easy. Day by day, you know, we face temptation, encounter the schemes of Satan. Let others know that we're in this together. That's a great place to start. I'm a person, and I'm a human, and I'm a child of God. Just because my gift is different than yours doesn't mean that it's more important. Yes, musicians' work tends to be seen because it's in an environment where others are watching, but my role in a worship service, singing on stage or playing an instrument, is no more important than the crew running the live stream or the person that vacuumed the floor before the worship service started 
or the person who folded the bulletins on a Sunday morning. God has given us all gifts and ways that we can serve Him. And just because they're different doesn't mean that one is more important than the other. And I try to let my life be an example of that. And I try to communicate that to all those who are around me. Do I mess up sometimes? Yeah. Do I let my ego get to me sometimes? Yeah. It's wrong. And, and pride is really something that I see Satan use for a lot of musicians that are in worship ministry. I see Satan use pride a lot. It's a big thing that I had to be intentional about humbling myself for the service of the kingdom. Something that I've learned is that when people like give me a compliment, it's like okay to say like thanks or, or, or whatever. Because I used to just like shut people down. I was like no, like almost <laughs> almost getting offended if my, people say oh you did a good job. It's like no, it's not me. It's all God. Like stop it. You know like why are you why are you complimenting me? That's that's not the right approach either. But I've learned to when somebody comes up to me and says hey you did you did a good job, I I say thanks. But I take what they say. And I just give it to God. It's easy to just take it for myself. I'm like, oh yeah, I am good. Like, thank you, whatever. Just taking that compliment, actually receiving it, not just blowing it off, not just, just saying that means nothing to me. Like, how dare you say that? Because that's not the right way either. But just taking that and giving it to God. Also, what's helped me is I'm actually like encouraging others. So like, I had a thought process one time of like, you're getting so much encouragement, but you're not giving encouragement. God tells us to encourage our brothers and sisters. And I called myself, I was like, I'm, I'm not encouraging. So like, people give me these compliments, like, encourage me, you're doing a great job, like this and this. Something that helped was encourage other people saying the same things because like Joey said your guests may not be the same as mine they're all just as important as the next one so giving that encouragement out and also it does show in your life and especially as worship leaders on stage when you take these compliments for yourself and just keep it you're going to be able to tell and other people are going to be able to tell that's not healthy either because when we lead worship you know like we said earlier it is complete 100% about God just knowing that that does show and taking that and taking those compliments and keeping them but the fact of taking those compliments and giving them to God helps you in your worship as well that mindset of, of not just saying, oh, well, you don't need to compliment me at all. You know, I'm not thinking like, why are you doing this? So just the idea of taking the encouragement and just giving it straight to God is, is something that helped me. I mean, also encouraging others as well. And all of it ties back to we weren't created to receive glory and receive praise for our gifts or something. We don't know how to respond to it. <laughs> and a lot of times we act like jerks or <laughs> idiots. And it's because we weren't created to receive glory. God deserves the glory, every circumstance. And so when somebody comes up to us and praises us for our singing or playing an instrument, you know, we let it go to our head and then we get this self-righteous ego that we're great and we're something important. It just goes to show that we weren't created to receive glory. And when we do, when we take it away from God, it, it doesn't end up well. Another great reason of why we need to Make sure that God is the center of our worship because he's the only one that is capable of receiving the glory. Like we aren't even mm -hmm. like we don't even know what to do with it. And also pray for humility, whatever, whatever right. like area of ministry you're in. Pray for humility. I'll be going into a worship service and I'll just be praying off to myself, asking God to humble me, to use me, and may he receive all of the glory and honor and praise. And then I'll be in the middle of a song. I'll be like, okay, I'm about to play this crazy riff on the piano. Let's see how awesome this is. And then I'll play something crazy. I'll be like, oh yeah, that was awesome. And then like two measures later, I will screw up so bad and embarrass myself in front of the whole church. And I really think that is God with his sense of humor showing me Stop it's not it. about you. <laughs> Stop it, Joey. It's not about you. You take each compliment like a flower, and at the end of the day, it's like a bouquet that you give back to God. Mm -hmm. So like, I thought that kind of like mm -hmm. tied into what you were saying. Why do you think worship is important, and how has worship impacted you then versus like how it impacts you now? It's such an awesome place to be 
when you see the calling that God has placed on your life and you start searching after that. I've known for a long time that God had gifted me with music and part of my calling was to lead worship and I ran from it for a long time. The start of my senior year of high school, I my was going to Clemson for architecture. Like, what the heck? We were literally just talking about that outside the building. We were looking at the fancy buildings like, oh, I almost was an architect. Praise God. Um, <laughs> he made it obvious to me. His plans were, in a general sense, I think God keeps some things hidden from us because it would ruin the surprise for what he has planned for later. But it's just a really special place to be, to be seeking after God and know the calling that he's placed on your life and be submitted to it. I love serving in worship ministry. I love leading my brothers and sisters in Christ before the throne of God. I love scheduling planning center. Most days. <laughs> yeah, most days. Except when people keep declining me. Um, you know, like, I had so much a joy to be able to serve the Lord in all those different areas. And it's so fulfilling. When you see the calling that God has on your life, you submit to His, his will and His purposes for you, it is so fulfilling. And it makes life so worth it. I grew up in a household where my dad was always a worship leader and a, and a music minister at the, the few churches that we have that I kind of grew up in. And so like I've always been around that atmosphere. And I've always been around like a musical atmosphere due to my, my entire family being musical, but you know specifically my dad being a, a worship leader as well. But even though I was around that environment and stuff, just constantly, I did help my dad lead worship. And I, I did do these things from a young age and I started playing whatever in church or whatever. But similar to Joey, as I got through the later part of high school, I was doing FCA worship and I was helping with, you know, as an intern at my home church and all this stuff. And I didn't really think anything about it. I just wanted to, I just wanted to do music. And similar to Joey, I, I was kind of running away almost from leading worship. You know, my thought process was, uh, well, my dad is a worship leader. I'm not just going to be a worship leader just because my dad is. But I did kind of run from it until God really put something on my heart saying, I've given you this this whole life to where you can learn all these things and you're, you've been around worship. So like, if I'm calling you to this, like, it makes sense. But also, you know, same as Joey, I, I love doing the things. I love putting together the playing center and I love putting together the, the song sets and how everything ties to scripture and how different verses that we can use in worship tie to other verses in the Bible and how people in scripture worshiped and all these different things and the design of worship and the order of service and just just everything is so beautiful it's something that i've always just been super drawn to whether that be from a musical standpoint of just like wanting to play and, and just doing that or just from like a planning standpoint or, or whatever it is just just worship in general do you have any super cool like stories about an ecc event that might have impacted you or like how you've seen jesus work through worship through like an event Getting ECC started, things don't happen overnight. Having to trust God's timing was a big step of faith with this ministry, and it's still something that I'm having to tell myself to depend on God and His timing. Because I mean, I'm ready to write six albums, have them published, and be singing songs all over the place. That's not what God has planned right now. That's okay. See, the Wanata College Weekend, before that, I was really having some doubts about my role in the ministry. Like, Satan was just trying to creep in and distract me. It was the simplest worship set like i mean we had a guitar two guitars and a keyboard three vocals and it was just the most sincere and authentic and god-centered worship that i had been a part of in a long time it was because we had prepared our hearts for such a time like we spent a lot of time in prayer and just seeking after god and what he had planned for that time it was just really validating for me to see god use this ministry to do such extraordinary things you know not because of anything that we had done, but just seeing that us submitting to his will and his plan play out was just like a taste of what he has in the future. And I think that was really special.
I think all three of us were on that same trip, but and we can all agree that it was a very special uh, weekend. But going into that weekend, I was like had the mindset of like, "This is gonna be cool. We're gonna worship. This is gonna be awesome." And you know, and that was that was pretty much it. I didn't really expect anything else. But during one of the sessions when uh, the speaker was speaking, I just got like a picture in my mind of like when we meet Jesus, we're actually gonna be standing face to face to Him. We're gonna look at him, look in His eyes, and we're gonna be like, "You're the reason why we're doing this right now. You're the reason why we, you know, why we did ECC." But one day we're gonna see Him face to face. We're going to see holes in his hands from the nails. We're going to be able to look into his eyes and say, you're the reason why we did all those things on earth. You know, we're the reason why we even made disciples and shared the gospel and, and, and worship. And so just that new found perspective and just like realization of that was super cool. And, you know, I might have had it somewhere else, but just to have it at Awanta on that weekend was, was really cool. And like Joey said, just the um, sincereness of the worship was just very special. How do you prepare your hearts to worship? Because I know that's a lot. One thing is, as worship leaders, we need to be intentional with our private worship and our quiet time with the Lord and continually staying in a place of surrender to Him. When we're not, it's a dangerous place to be because it allows Satan to allow his foot to be caught in the door. It allows temptation to creep in. So we have to be really vigilant about guarding our hearts and our personal spiritual life on a daily basis. But also, I share with my team every week at church, we start praying. I'm constantly praying that my life would be glorifying to the Lord and that everything that I do would be glorifying to the Lord. But I I start on Friday nights before a Sunday morning service praying for that service because I have been in a church service where I can just feel the attacks of the enemy all over the place. I just think we really have to be so intentional with covering our brothers and sisters in prayer, just continually going before the throne of God and pleading that His will would be done. And yeah, that t- that takes a lot of preparation. It's a lot of pressure too. It's nerve-wracking. If we look at the responsibility that we have of leading worship, is you're not only leading the music, but in a sense being spiritual leaders in that environment. And that can be scary a lot of the times because we are flawed and we are human. We know that we are susceptible to make mistakes, but just praying that God would just fill us and his will would be done and not our own. Also, our all of our rehearsals, like at church and even with ECC, are also their own times of worship. Like, I've cried in a rehearsal before, <laughs> like, yeah. just experiencing the presence of God and us practicing. It's something that never stops. And the second we get distracted or get caught off guard, is it's not good. It's not only affecting our own spiritual life, but it's potentially affecting the church. Going off the what you said about rehearsals and stuff, uh, there are like some Sunday mornings at uh, Shady Grove in, in Belton. I'm the interim there, and there there's some Sunday mornings where we're rehearsing, or, you know, Wednesday nights, and we get through singing in Christ alone or whatever it is. We're singing through singing the song, and you know, you can really just feel feel the spirit. It was a great worship time, you know, even in, even in the rehearsal. But like my thought after is just like I'm like so excited for my brothers and sisters in Christ to like coming here so we can all worship together, like in in that same moment. Like that's so exciting. Joey said that he cried during rehearsal. And, and that is that that you know I've, I've I've done the same thing, but just like after that feeling, I always think of just like man, it's gonna be so good when the body of Christ is here and we get to do this on Sunday morning, which is so cool. Also, just another thing that kind of leads into the idea of like us being worshipers as well. We're worship leaders, and we have this responsibility, and, and it is stressful. But also, we we have to remember we are worshipers too. We should like long for a time where the congregation prepares their hearts in the same way a worship leader. Would. You know, it's, it's it's different still, but they would also prepare their hearts. You know? 
continue for worship, encouraging your brothers and sisters of Christ in the congregation to prepare their hearts and to do the same thing because we're all worshipers. We do have more responsibility and there is more you know, weight on the worship leader's shoulders to do certain things, but in general, we're all worshipers and we can all prepare our hearts for worshiping because we're doing it together and we're worshiping the same God. And it's just super cool that we all get to do that together and we all have that opportunity to do that. It's just really amazing. Something we do at my church and have started, you know, more recently is having a time of meditation before the worship set. And so, you know, what what that's been looking like lately is we've had a call to worship where we read scripture and sometimes it can be call and response, congregational reading, or even if it's just the pastor reading a couple of verses, showing who God is and just reminding us of the character and the person of God and then giving us time to prepare our hearts to respond to that. Because like I said earlier, all of our worship is a response to who God already is. Ben said that process that we need to be, we need to prioritize is to be preparing our heart for worshiping the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Why do you serve? Why did you put your yes on the table to ECC? Why did you put your yes on the table to God for worship? When it started and just like I first heard the idea, it was just like, why not? Like, like this is super cool and we get to worship and we get to take this other places and we get to, we're all, you know, really good friends and, and we know each other well. So like, why not? If we have a free weekend, you know, let's go to Awanta or whatever. You know, that's just like desire that God put on my heart just to do that. And so the yes was pretty, pretty easy, I think, just to have the idea of just like, let's just go, let's just go worship together. Let's just worship God as, as, as friends and let's just worship God on these, on these retreats and let's just do this. And, you know, wherever God takes us, let's, let's worship. So I think the yes for the ECC thing for me was pretty easy about worship and I love worship but my yes to being a worship leader like I said earlier was a little bit different because I didn't want to do what my dad just did just because he did it. I mentioned that earlier but ultimately it is there was a yes to worship because I I realized that's what we're made to do and that's what our purpose is is to worship worship the father and just taking the music abilities I had and just putting those two things together is what I felt God called me to do. God will make us uncomfortable when we are refusing to say yes to his will and to his plan for our lives. And I was in that place of discomfort. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I I was telling God no, and I was trying to tell God the plans that I had for my life. And he was like, okay, well, let's see how long it takes you to say yes to me. I knew that I was being defiant to what God had called me to do. It was in that discomfort, that despair, that I turned to God and I saw that peace and assurance and purpose and blessing was found in Him, His plan for my life. I'm a little bit more hard-headed than others, so it probably took longer than it would others, but yeah. That's how I said yes to worship ministry. And ECC, just seeing God work out little fine details and orchestrate things together. And when I was asked, I just felt this peace and assurance that this was what I was supposed to be doing right now, that I was that I needed to be a part of this team and a part of this ministry. I don't think any of us had any idea of what's going to become or what even now what it's going to be. I just saw people that God had already called to this ministry. I knew their hearts and their love for the Lord, and I just felt peace about it. I prayed about it, and I felt peace, and I said yes. Thank you guys for being part of this. It was a lot of fun. Thank Thanks, you, Grace. Grace. Thank you so much for listening to the ECC podcast. We hope you were encouraged to know that Jesus is your friend. Feel free to check out our Instagram at ecc.ministry and our Facebook page at Electric City Collective for more information or to contact us about scheduling your event.